Uh, for those who are visiting with you, I am not the normal preacher. Uh, Jeff and Melinda are, I believe, 21 years, celebrating their 21-year anniversary, spending some time over in Breckenridge. So uh, uh, glad that uh, couples can get out and be by themselves and kind of renew uh, their, their marriage at times like this and enjoy uh, God's creation. Um, normally during services, I don't know if everybody knows, we lock the doors to where someone can't come in. Today I've asked everybody to lock the doors in reverse. You can't leave. You're going to have to, you're going to have to put up with me. Um, several weeks ago, uh, our youth started uh, a new year of school. Um, our uh, college kids started uh, a new year of college. Our, our youth, either they went, may have started high school for the first time, middle school, or moved up a grade within elementary school. And I think that time of the year when, when, our, when our kids and our young adults are, are beginning a new school year, they think about the opportunities that God's placed before them. And they wonder, you know, what kind of difference am I going to be able to make? And maybe even those of us who are beyond school may have times where we kind of ask ourselves, you know, what opportunities do I have? What, what might be able I to accomplish yet in my life that I hadn't given much thought about before? And I thought I'd start us out today with something those of us with gray hair or no hair can relate to, the younger folks might struggle with this a little bit. At one point in time, I'm going to go through a list of things that were considered impossible, things that people didn't think could be done, but somebody did this. Um, in 1949, Popular Mechanics was forecasting the relentless march of science and made this statement, computers in the future weigh, may weigh mo- no more than one and a half tons. You know, those of us who are a little older remember when computers filled up entire uh, rooms with uh, things called vacuum tubes. Um, in 1943, Thomas Watson, he was the chairman of IBM at the time, he said, I think there is a world market for maybe five computers. See, the young kids aren't laughing. They, they have no idea. Uh, the editor in charge of Prentice Hall in 1957 wrote, I have traveled the length and breadth of this country and talked with the best people, and I can assure you that data processing is a fad that won't last out the year. An engineer with advanced computing systems within IBM in 1968 commented on the microchip, and he said, but what is it good for? In 1977, Ken Olson, he was the chairman and founder of Digital Equipment Corporation, says there's no reason anyone would want a computer in their home. Anybody here? There might be one or two of you, and that's why I won't ask for hands Probably maybe only one or two of us don't have a computer in our home today. Bill Gates, 1981, 640K ought to be enough for anybody. 640K, I'll put that in perspective here in a minute. In the 1920s, 
Um, David uh, Sarnoff, his associates responded to him at his urgings to invest in the radio. They said the wireless music box has no imaginable commercial value. Who would pay for a message sent to nobody in particular? In Decca Recording in 1962 rejected the Beatles. They said, we don't like their sound and guitar music is on the way out. Edwin Drake, uh, those of you who know a little bit about history of the oil industry, in 1859 tried to enlist some uh, individuals to help him drill for oil. And they said, drill for oil? We mean drill into the ground to try and find oil? You're crazy. Lord Kelvin, president of the Royal Society in 1895, heavier than air flying machines are impossible. And I'm not keeping up with, with the slides. Here's a good one for you. Yale University professor, in response to Fred Smith's paper proposing reliable overnight delivery service, the concept is interesting and well-formed, but in order to earn better than a C, the idea must be feasible. Fred Smith founded FedEx, for those who don't know who uh, Fred Smith is. Now I'm going to really be pressing some some memories uh, Gary Cooper uh, was originally asked to play the leading role in the movie Gone with the Wind. And he said, I'm just glad it's going to be Clark Gable who's falling on his face and not Gary Cooper. And then uh, in response to Debbie Fields' idea of starting Mrs. Fields' cookies... They, uh, they said, a cookie store is a bad idea. Besides, the market research reports say America likes crispy cookies, not soft and chewy cookies like you make. Irving Fisher was a professor of economics at Yale University and in 1929 said stocks have reached what looks like a permanently high plateau. I think I've been through two crashes. Some of you in here may have experienced three and then uh, last but not least, Charles Dwell, he was the commissioner of the U.S. Patent Office in 1899, said, everything that can be invented has been invented. So maybe we ought to just throw everything away that uh, has come about since uh, 1899. But we think about these statements, and these things that were once considered impossible you know, we don't even blink an eye at today. They're just, they're, they're common. We take them for granted. We don't give it a second thought. Most of us have at least one, probably more computers in our homes and our offices. And uh, today, I just brought my cell phone with me. You know, we talked about IBM said uh, we don't need more than 640K. I'm going to tell you a little something about my cell phone here. This doesn't weigh one and a half tons. It only weighs five and a half ounces. It's uh, got a processor that runs at 1.9 gigahertz. It's got 4 million K of RAM within it. And it's got 100 or 192 million K of storage. Just a little slightly more than the 640 that some of the early people thought we needed in computers. But what's more impressive than just the statistics of this phone are what I can do with this phone. I can get on this phone and I can order chewy cookies from Mrs. Fields. 
I can have those cookies delivered overnight by Federal Express. This guy only got a C for his idea. And that plane that's heavier than air that can't fly is burning uh, kerosene, jet fuel, that's produced or refined from oil that was taken out of the ground from a, a hole that was drilled. And uh, while I'm enjoying those cookies, I can listen to classics of the Beatles. And when I'm through listening to the Beatles, I can watch Gone with the Wind, starring Clark Gable, not Gary Cooper. And uh, when I'm through with that, I can go monitor the stock market, see how, how it's doing today, what, what it's... And I don't, even, I don't even bat an eye doing that today. And if you think these accomplishments that we take for granted today are spectacular, let's consider what God has done. Nehemiah tells us that we have a great and awesome God. We can't even begin to comprehend the limits of God's power. The angel Gabriel tells us that nothing will be impossible with God. And then Jesus told his own own apostles that with God, all things are possible. You know, we we cannot comprehend what God can. I'm not going to read it this morning, but I'm going to encourage you this afternoon when, when you get home, pull out your Bible, read the Genesis account. Read Genesis chapter 1, the first 31 verses. Go outside, go over to City Park maybe, look at the ducks and the geese in the lake. If you've got time, maybe drive up Poudre Canyon. If you have a lot of time, maybe drive up to Estes Park. And just look at what God has created around us. Everything around us, every element God has created. Uh, He's created uh, the mountains, the trees, the birds. I had to chase a bunch of deer out of my driveway this morning to get here. Um, At night, if the sky clears up, look at the stars, look at the moon, look at what God has created. Nothing is impossible for God. Um, over in, uh, in, uh, uh, over in uh, John chapter 1, we, uh, we can read that uh, Jesus was also part of that original creation. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in darkness, from the darkness has not, although the darkness has not understood it. And we just, we stand in awe of God's creation. And we start asking ourselves, well, what's possible for me? If God has done all this and created all this for me, what's possible for me? Think about some of the individuals we read about in God's Word. Think about in the Old Testament of Noah, of Abraham, Sarah, Joseph, Moses, David. We can look in the New uh, Testament and we, uh, we think about Peter. We think about the Samaritan woman. We think about Paul and other men and women who believed in God's power and who accomplished great things because of their trust and faith in God and in His Son. So we ask ourselves, what's possible for us? And this isn't just a question for, for our youth in in uh, school or for our college age, but it's really a question for all of us, no matter what our age is. 
what's possible for all of us. Over in uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, I think is one of maybe the greatest statements uh, about God's power. And here Paul is, is telling those in Philippi, he says, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. And I really like the New American Standard Version. It says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. But do we really believe that? Do we believe that there isn't anything that we can't accomplish through Christ, through the strength that he gives us? And we really need to challenge ourselves to, uh, to believe that whatever God calls us to do, that we can achieve it. Whatever he tells us to go out and to accomplish for him, we can complete that. And whatever the Lord promises, he will do that. In Ephesians chapter 3, beginning in verse 14, Paul writes to those who live in, uh, in belong to the church in Ephesus. He says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth derives its name, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, in Him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Look at what Paul's saying here. He's saying that, you know, we've got a God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we ask or even that we are capable of thinking. So if we think about it, the, the combination of God in Christ and ourselves, we're an unstoppable force. There's nothing that we can't go out and achieve if we put our faith and trust in God. Uh, we're going to be undefeatable. Uh, continuing to read uh, in Paul's letter to the Romans, he said, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Just as it is written, for thy sake we are being put... To death, we were considered as sheep to be slaughtered. But in all things we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So again, we are an unstoppable power if we... Uh, team up with God and Christ to achieve what their will is in our lives. You know, most of us here this morning, uh, either we're in the process of or we've already completed at least 12 years in school. Many of us have gone beyond those 12 years. We've learned a lot, and that learning is going to continue every day we're here on this earth. And uh, in Psalms, uh, the psalmist wrote in chapter 1, verse 7, he says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And so we began that journey many years ago, and that journey is going to continue through with the rest of our lives. And as we continue on with, uh, with this learning process, I want to offer four pieces of advice. 
Here's where you know I'm not a preacher, and I'll ask Carrie if I'm, if I'm right on this. Preachers put three points in sermons. Is that the standard number? He says, yes. Well, I've got four. So it tells you I'm an amateur. But the first piece of advice I'm going to have as you go through your life here on this earth is to have confidence. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, it says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So we need, as we go about our lives, to have confidence. That is, confidence in God, confidence in Jesus, in the promises that they have made to us. The second thing that we need to have is going to be attitude. There's all sorts of attitudes in the world today. In fact, I think attitudes, I mean, you turn on the television, you turn on the radio, you look on your computer, and it's just amazing what people's attitudes and thoughts are. But we're, we need to have attitude. In, uh, in the letter to the, the church at Philippi, Paul wrote, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, let your mind dwell on these things. So we need to have the right attitude. We need to dwell on good things, on godly things. And then if you're like me, priority is something that I really struggle with. There is so much to do, and it seems like so little time to do it. What's the priority in my life? And uh, coming from Romans chapter 10, verse 17, Hebrews eleven six, and Matthew six thirty three. We can read, so faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So we need to have priority. We need to put God first in our our lives. If God isn't first, we don't stand a chance to succeed. And then the final piece of advice that I would offer up, last but not least, comes from John chapter 13, verse 35, from Jesus. And he said, By this all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. So we have to have the love of Jesus in our hearts. We have to let our light shine before men. We live in very dark times. A lot of people... They don't see light out there, and we need to be that light for those who don't have it. As we're out and about, people should be able to look at us and see that light and recognize there's something different about those who are in Christ. So each of us, you know, we can do all things. We can accomplish anything through Jesus, who we get our strength from. And uh, this isn't just a message, again, for our young people, but it's, it's a message for young and old. Uh, We all have the same opportunities before us. We all have the same promises of God. And so we can start asking ourselves, what do I think is impossible right now? What's an impossibility for me apart from God? Do I have the courage to go out and share the story of Jesus, to share the, the story of God's love for us that he gave his son to my friends, to my coworkers, to maybe just even just an acquaintance I meet on the street? Um, Do I have 
the confidence to teach a Bible class. Um, Christy goes out and she tries to, to recruit people to teach classes. Steve tries to go out and recruit people to, uh, to teach classes. Is that something that I feel is an impossibility for me? I just don't have that ability, that skill. Can I make a difference in my family? Can I make a difference at school? Can I make a difference in my workplace? Can I make a difference in this community? Um, can I give more than I'm currently giving? Um, can I be that servant I know God wants me to be, but I just find it impossible in my life? Can I love God with all your heart, with all my mind, with all my soul, with all my strength? You know, these may be things that some of us or all of us in some form or fashion find impossible to do. We just don't think we've got the ability. We don't think we have the knowledge or the strength. But if we put our faith and trust in God, if we believe all things are possible through Christ, there will be a point in our time, just like that list of things I started with, we're going to take for granted. Um, we're going to be filling this auditorium every Sunday. We might even be looking at having to start another congregation because we have filled this auditorium and we need to start another congregation within the Fort Collins area. Christy's going to be t- turning away those who want to teach because she's got too many volunteers. She's laughing now, but that's a possibility. Steve's going to be turning down those who are volunteering to teach the adult classes. Uh, we're going to be making differences in our families, at school, at our workplaces, in this community. We've already got to start with our homeless ministry, and that is going to have a huge impact in this community. And uh, there'll be a day we might be able to take that for granted because that work is just something that we thought was impossible but now is a living possibility. We're going to be giving, giving beyond our abilities. We're going to be able to just look out and see the differences that we're all making. We're going to be loving God and we're going to be loving one another with all of our hearts, our souls, our minds, our strength, and we'll be recognized as a body of Christ for, for the love that we have from one, for one another. I want to show a, a short clip from a movie. Um, you'll figure out what the movie is here pretty quick, but listen real careful to uh, what is said in this movie, and then uh, we'll talk now, a little bit more about it. Mr. Pitts. It's a rather unfortunate name. Mr. Pitts. <laughs> Where are you? Mr. Pitts. Will you open your hymnal to page 542? Read the first stanza of the poem you find there. To the virgins to make much of time? Yes. That's the one. <laughs> Somewhat appropriate, isn't it? <laughs> Gather ye rosebuds while ye may. Old time is still a-flying. And this same flower that smiles today, tomorrow will be dying. Thank you, Mr. Pitts. Gather ye rosebuds while ye may. The Latin term for that sentiment is carpe diem. Now, who knows what that means? Carpe diem. That sees the day. Very good, Mr. Meeks. Meeks. Another unusual name. Seize the day. Gather ye rosebuds while ye may. Why does the writer use these lines? Because he's in a hurry. No. Ding! Thanks for playing anyway. Because we are food for worms, lads. 
Because believe it or not, each and every one of us in this room is one day going to stop breathing, turn cold, and die. I'd like you to step forward over here and peruse some of the faces from the past. You've walked past them many times. I don't think you've really looked at them. They're not that different from you, are they? Same haircuts, full of hormones, just like you. Invincible, just like you feel. The world is their oyster. They believe they're destined for great things, just like many of you. Their eyes are full of hope, just like you. Did they wait until it was too late to make from their lives even one iota of what they were capable? Because you see, gentlemen, these boys are now fertilizing daffodils. But if you listen real close, you can hear them whisper their legacy to you. Go on, lean in. Listen. You hear it? If you didn't recognize that, that's a clip from the movie Dead Poet Society. And uh, Robin Williams played English professor John Keating. And he inspires his students to live their lives to the fullest. And he exclaimed there at the end, he said, Carpe diem, seize the day, make your lives extraordinary. I like pronouncing that extraordinary. It's just a little different way to pronounce that. But... uh, Something that uh, Professor Keating did to encourage his students to really live their lives to the fullest as they go about to achieve something. And uh, I want to read some passages from the New Testament where Paul was talking to Christians. In Romans chapter 14, verse 8, Paul says, For if we live, we live for the Lord, or if we die, we die for the Lord. In uh, his letter to the church at Galatians, chapter 2, verse 20, he says, I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and delivered himself up for me. And in uh, chapter 6, verse 10, he says, So then, while we have opportunity, let us do good to all men, and especially to those who are of the household of the faith. In his letter to the church in Corinth, in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 9, beginning in verse 24, he wrote, Do you not know that those who run in a race run, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win, and everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. 
Then they do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. Therefore, I run in such a way as not without aim. I box in such a way as not beating the air, but I buffet my body and make it my slave, lest possibly after I have preached to others, I myself should be disqualified. And in his letter to the church in Philippi, he says, For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And in uh, chapter 3 of uh, Philippians, he says, I press onward towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many of you are perfect, have this attitude. And if in anything you have a different attitude, God reveal that also to you. However, let us keep living by that same standard to which we have attained. Brethren, join us in following my example and observe those who walk according to the pattern you have in us. So isn't Paul just saying the same thing to us that Professor Keating said to his students? Carpe diem, seize the day, make your lives for Christ extraordinary. Are we seizing each day that God has given us? Are we making the most of today, making our lives extraordinary for Jesus? Are we sharing that love Jesus has for us with those around us who may not know him? Are we living each day for Christ to the fullest? Um, You know, that's a scary thought. And we might think, well, I just, I can't do it. I'm too timid. I don't have uh, the knowledge of God's word that I should have. But we need to remember what Paul said to the church at Philippi where he said, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. If we truly believe of God's power and his abilities, that he loved us so much he sacrificed his son for us, then there's nothing that we can't accomplish. I'm going to kind of close this out in an unusual way. I'm going to recite the entire poem that uh, Professor Keating was uh, using to teach his students. And this is a poem that's written by Robert Herrick uh, back in the 17th century, and it was titled, To the Virgins to Make Much of Time. And I'm not a poet, so excuse me, but I'll, I'll try to make this work. Gather ye rosebuds while ye may, old time is still a-flying. In this same flower that smiles today, tomorrow will be dying. The glorious lamp of heaven the sun the higher he's a-getting, the sooner will his race be run and nearer he is to setting. The age is best, which is the first, when youth and blood are warmer, but being spent the worst and worst, time still succeed the former. Then be not coy, but use your time, and while ye may go merry, for having lost just once your prime, you may forever tarry. So the lesson today is don't hold back. Don't limit what God can accomplish in your life. You know, same message that uh, Professor Keating did. Carpe diem, seize the day. Begin to make a difference starting now. You know, nothing is impossible in our lives through Christ. So just as we leave here today, I just encourage everybody to ask themselves, challenge themselves, what can I accomplish for Christ today? What can I accomplish for Him and God this week? What can I do this year? Each day you wake up, say, what am I going to do for God today? Bow with me in a word of prayer. Our dear Heavenly Father, we're so thankful that we can come before you, address you as Father, to address a Father who loved us so much that
He sacrificed his only son to give his life, to shed his blood on the cross for us. And Father, I just pray this morning that each day we can challenge ourselves to just use the opportunities that you set before us to accomplish your will, to share your love, to just spread the good news of your son throughout with our neighbors, with our friends, with family, just with this community. Father, we thank you so much. We love you so much for the life we have through your son, Jesus. For it's his name I pray these things. Thank you.